Hey guys, welcome hey. to the Front Runners Pod. We're uh, we're remote, trying something a little new here. I'm here with Patches. Patches, what's up, buddy? What up, though? Oh, not showing, man. How about you, baby? Ah, I can't. I mean, I can't complain. If I, if I complain, nobody would listen to me. No hell um, no. We come to you remotely. We are uh, we're zooming it like a lot of people are. Uh, obviously, we've been we've been off for a few weeks with the show, but. Um, a lot of things going on, actually. You know, we got the draft coming up. Um, you know, we've got the last dance that happened uh, that, that, that dropped on ESPN with the Bulls, and and Pat and I wanted to wanted to take this time to get a show up and and and, and talk about it, man. Hell yeah! So uh, really excited. Um, you know, we may end up doing this format moving forward, but for now, we wanna we wanna bring our viewers and listeners in on uh, on some of the things that, that that we think are pretty important to talk about. So feels um, good to be back. It does. It does feel good to be back. It actually feels good to have some sports to talk about. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not our traditional ten piece. Obviously, there, um, you know, there just there isn't enough to talk about in that regard. But um, no, but it's draft week, baby. For us Lions fans, this is our Super Bowl <sighs> or our toilet bowl, depending or on our bowl. <laughs> depending <laughs> on uh, depending on, on on how you look at it. But mm-hmm. um, we're gonna get into our mock draft. We're gonna go into our our uh, round one mock draft um, later on in the show, but. I want to start the show with um, a recap of The Last Dance. For, for those that don't know, ESPN has, has released a 10-part series about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, highlighting the last year of their second three-peat, heading into their sixth championship. Um, footage was, was sat on by Michael Jordan for a very long time, and, and a few years ago he decided, you know what, let's, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's start to put pen to paper and, 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 and start to – uh, create this documentary and first two episodes were aired this past Sunday and Pat and I want to spend a little bit of time kind of giving you our thoughts about that so Patches I'm going to kind of uh, I'll, I'll give you the four what was your initial reaction to the first two episodes of The Last Dance? You know initial reaction was just like man wow um, a lot of things a lot of things that they that they touched on already in the first two episodes um, that you know I was, I was young. We were relatively young. Um, I was more of just a, a Detroit sports guy when I was, when I was around that age. Um, but like some of the, some of the things that they highlighted, um, one that stuck out to me the most was the Jerry Krause, um, situation that they have and how players were just, just openly would openly disrespect him to his Mm -hmm. face. Um, and he, he couldn't do anything about it. Um, it was just, it was just so, it was like uncomfortable to watch, uh, some Almost of those scenes. Kind of you awkward, know what I mean? I yeah. Very awkward. Um, <laughs> the amount of drama, uh, that the bulls had surrounding them in that season. And that's just, that was just the beginning of it yeah. um, for that, for that season. And for them to, you know, bring that full circle and, and complete the mission. Um, and I thought it was cool that, uh, Phil Jackson, you know, after, you know, signing that, that one year extension and, you know, coming, coming to the team and, and um, having that team meeting and calling it the last dance. And that's yeah. where they got the title title from. I thought that was cool. Um, the one thing that other than the Jerry Krause that stuck out to me the most was the Scotty Pippen situation. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't, that wasn't something that I really had a lot of information on. I didn't really know a lot no. of stuff behind those doors was going on. Seven years, eighteen million, and never renegotiated. Like man, 
talk about talk about underpaid. I don't think I can even think of a player now or in my lifetime that has been that was underappreciated and underpaid the way Scottie Pippen was. So I saw a pretty interesting uh, statistic. I think it was Monday. At the time he was getting paid that contract, he was the 122nd highest paid player in the NBA, right? At that time. Unbelievable. And then he was either first or second in every major statistical category for the Bulls. For the Bulls, right? yeah. Do you know who the 122nd highest paid player is in the NBA right now? Uh, kid from uh, the Thunder. I saw that. Roberson? Andre Roberson. Yeah, Roberson. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that kind of goes to show you how, uh, how things have changed and how ridiculously and comically underpaid he was. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, and, and I, think, I think for me – um, that was one of the big things that stuck out to me is that, you know, when you get, when you, when you do a little bit more research and identify, Hey, this, this guy is, I mean, at the time he was probably a top five player in the league. You know what I mean? Easily, easily. easily. And for him to be Bulls paid, yeah. you know, for him to be paid 2 million bucks a year or whatever, you know, whatever the, whatever the math is, is, is crazy. Um, for me, I'm not a couple say of, he was, I'm not, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say he was just as important as Jordan to that team, but he was very, very valuable to that team and, and, yeah. and what he brought to the Bulls during those championship runs. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that goes without saying. And, and like you said, that he was number two in every single statistical category behind Jordan. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, a couple of other things that I think really stuck out to me was initially like towards the beginning of it where you had a couple people that were um kind of out there saying well you know he may not carry a team like i remember walt frazier was specifically saying that he didn't think that he could carry a team um a couple i think mark eaton was another guy that that, that had mentioned that he you know one guy can't can't run a team and this that the other thing yeah. um so i found that i found that kind of interesting i found it kind of ironic that it was a lot of big men that were kind of talking him down um oh yeah which was which that was, was cool. That was that was really interesting. It was all big men, really yeah. much. Yeah, it was. A um, couple of things that I found pretty cool were um, when he first got to Chicago. Super humble dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew that he had to earn his stripes. He was lowest on the totem pole, um, and he was he was really, you know, he was really a rookie, obviously, and, and you know, he he didn't go in thinking that he was, you know top dog, you know, he had to no. go and earn his stripes. And obviously, um, you know, I, I forgot who it was that was on the, that was, uh, that was being interviewed, but they, they had mentioned something about about two weeks into that season, everybody knew that Jordan was the best player on that team. Um, so for everybody around him to know that he was the best player on the team and then for Jordan to have the mentality of him having to go in and earn his stripes and start from the bottom, I thought was, was very interesting. I thought yeah. that was a pretty interesting backstory. Um, one of the things that really gave me chills was when he said that he was when he that he felt unleashed going into the playoffs against Boston. Yeah. With uh, with his minutes restriction, with his with his foot injury coming and, off of that, yeah, and having to you know and having to come off of that. And then you score 49 points in game one, set a record with 63 points in game two. Obviously, you lose the series, but having this young Thundercat go up against <clears throat> all these Hall of Famers, this monster yeah. team in the Celtics, um, was, was pretty cool to see. And I, you know, I've, seen, I've seen highlights 
you know, over the years of him playing against the Celtics, but to hear the commentary, to hear the backstory behind all that, I, I thought was um, was really, really cool. I, I'm I'm so I'm so excited to see what happens over these next. Me too, man. Weeks. Um, what are some things that you're interested in seeing? Like I, I know, obviously, they kind of touch, they touch on Jordan, they touch on Cross a little bit. What are some storylines you are interested in looking into uh, throughout the rest of the series? For the previews that they showed for the upcoming uh, three and four, um, the whole Rodman. Rodman, to me, is one of the more interesting players uh, to ever play the game. Um, obviously, you know, starting his career here, uh, Rodman was beloved. Um, Jersey retired here and everything. So I'm, I'm, very, I'm very interested and excited for the next episode to, for them to touch on Rodman. And I believe the bad that the, if they're going accordingly with the timeline, jumping mm-hmm. back and forth, he's going to run into the bad boys. So um, very, very excited for that, for the, for the bad boys part. I'm, I'm psyched for the bad boy stuff too. I'd be interested to see how they're portrayed in this, in this exactly. documentary. Yep. Something tells me they won't be portrayed very positively, no. um, which is going to piss Doesn't a lot sound of us like off, it. obviously. Yeah. Um, Doesn't sound but, like it. Yeah, so I think that uh, I think that's going to be pretty fun for me to watch. Obviously, you know, with us being from Detroit, it's going to be it's going to it's going to be cool to see how they're portrayed outside of Detroit because obviously this is a much more you know national and global documentary, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for them to be portrayed a certain way, I think it'd be pretty interesting for us to see. Um, ESPN had see. the highest ratings. Yeah, for yeah. Documentaries. Did you see that? I did. I did. Um, yeah. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to release it, you know, a couple months ago. They were going to release oh, it in June, yeah. you know, and, and with everything going on, a lot of people, a lot more people staying home. Mm-hmm. Thinking, you know what the hell, let's, let's release it in April. And yeah. I have no complaints smart. with it. Yeah, I've, I've got no complaints whatsoever. I thought it was a smart move. And, and um, you know, we've got some, we, we've got something to definitely watch over the next four Sundays, yeah. um, you know, heading into, uh, heading into these next uh, four weeks or so. Um, I want to shift into some football a little bit. Like you yes, mentioned, sir. we have a draft coming up tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, and we're gonna give you our first round mock. We're gonna go draft by, you know, pick by pick, and um, you know, let you know who we think is gonna go in the first round tomorrow. Uh, but before we get into the mock draft, I want to get into some news that dropped yesterday out of uh, New England and Tampa Bay. Um, didn't really see this coming, and uh, Brady has been reunited. Yeah, right there, buddy. I was trying something out real quick. I didn't know that that was gonna happen. That was really stupid. Because <laughs> okay. I have this. I have this. Uh, usually, this is my text. Uh, text tone. Yeah. Oh, nice. I like that. I like that. So I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it on that. I like that. I like How that did that sound? Did it sound? Did it sound good coming through? Sounded sweet. Sounded sweet. Right, I'm, gonna, um, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that for each one of my picks. I like that. Uh, so. Um, Back to what we were talking about. Patriots and Bucks swing a deal. Mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski comes out of retirement. Gets shipped to the Bucks with a seven. I thought it was a hoax. I thought it was too. I thought it was. I, I thought swear it was. To you, I thought it was a hoax. Yeah. Uh, New England gets a fourth round pick back in return. Gronk's got one year left on his deal at ten million bucks. But biggest story is that he gets reunited with his boy Brady down in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Patches instant reaction, man. What do you make of this deal? Instant reaction, obviously, I thought was was I thought it was BS um, until you know uh, reports came through from Schefter and, and and all the guys, and I was just like, wow, um, they're going all in. Yeah. Brady's all in. 
Uh, Gronk's all in. Obviously, Tampa Bay's all in if, if they pulled the trigger on. Um, guy like Gronk has been out of the game for a year. Um, it could be a good thing for Gronk that he was away for a year for his body to heal up. Yeah. Um, the guy's been been beaten up uh, the past couple of years before he retired uh, with a number of injuries to his back, his legs, his arm, whatever. Um, but you get Gronk for 16 games and you get a healthy Gronk in the playoffs, that offense is going to be very, very scary. Um, as long as they protect Brady and keep Brady upright and give him time to throw the ball, mm-hmm. this is going to be a high, high-powered offense uh, through the year. I, you, you, know, you bring up a good point about his health. I don't know how super healthy he is. I mean, you know, if you look at him in the offseason, he's dropped a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that might help him day-to-day, you know, just living his life, not being that heavy, taking that pressure off his joints and stuff like that. He's going to have to bulk up a little bit in order to play tight end. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know if we're going to get a full 16 games of the Gronk that we're accustomed to. I think you bring up a good point with the playoffs, right? They, you know, you may have him start off a little slowly heading into that first season. And then as soon as that second half of the season ramps up, maybe after the bye week, depending on what their schedule looks like, you may start to see them ramp him up a little bit more, and then you may see the Gronk of old later yeah. in the season into the playoffs to make a playoff push. Um, it makes sense to put him on like a plays restriction, you know, certain amount yeah. of plays for a game. Snap count. You know, the first, yeah, the first maybe eight halfway, half, half, uh, half the season. Um, it makes it, that would, that would make the most sense for them. I think so too. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it's another weapon for Brady here. And it's, yeah. it's, Another weapon that he's obviously super accustomed to. You know, it's one mm-hmm. thing to bring it's it's one thing to bring him, you know, onto a team that has great weapons, Godwin, yep. Evans, OJ Howard, guys like that. Yep. But then you bring a guy that he's won Super Bowls with, that he's made a lot of big time plays with, scored a lot of touchdowns with, that's that's gonna help him. And exactly. I and I think like you said, if they if they keep the him trust. upright, they keep him out yeah. healthy, the trust factor there. I think it's a huge deal. You know, I don't think they give up very much. Um, you know, maybe they restructure his contract as well, but you know, a one-year flyer on one of the best tight ends to ever play the game. I, I think I, why not? You know, I, you're already I, I all in on deal. Brady. You know what yeah. I mean? You got one or two years. You got you got a one two-year window, and yeah. why not go all in for it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how much that shakes up the draft with them, but uh, I want to get right into this first-round mock. Man, we got the draft yeah, coming up same. Thursday night. Um, obviously it's going to be a little different than we've had in drafts past. It's actually going to be similar to the same format that we're talking about. It's all going to be virtual. It's all going to be digital. Um, so what patches and I are going to do is we're going to go through our first round mock, uh, pick by pick quick analysis of why we think that player is going there. Um, we didn't necessarily do trades here. Um, cause obviously we can't predict that, but, um, you know, patches, if you feel like there's a trade that's going to go down, you let me know, man. I, I, I think that, there may be some activity there, um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if some trades happen. But let's get right into it, man. Um, let's start with the number one overall pick, Bengals. Who do you have going there first? Big surprises or? <laughs> with the first pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking Joseph Burrow, quarterback out of LSU. Um, kind of a no-brainer here. 
Bengals need a Bengals need a quarterback. Bengals need a a fresh start at that position. Um, and Burrow just makes the most sense. He checks all the boxes. Guy was just a phenomenal, had a phenomenal season this past season. And um, I feel like he's a quarterback that is, has a ceiling. Um, if you put the right players in front of him, you got, you got the whole franchise behind him. Um, he, can, he can do really well in the NFL. I think this is the biggest no-brainer in the draft. You know, yeah. I, I don't see any reason why um, Burrow goes anywhere other than the first overall pick. I, I don't. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this. I think this is a no-brainer. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you hit on all the points. I think he's he's their guy. He's the franchise. He's the he's the fresh start that everybody's looking for. I think again, yeah. they checked all the boxes. Um, I think he goes number one. Moving on to number two, Washington Redskins. Who do you have going there? The second pick in the in the 2020 NFL draft, the Washington Redskins select Chase Young, defensive end out of Ohio State. Okay. Um, you, if you're talking about just overall prospects in this draft, I think uh, I think I think Chase Young is the best player that's in this that's in this draft. Um, another guy that checks all the boxes, athletic, freakishly just freakishly enormous. Um, just made to play defensive end in the NFL. Um, kind of a no-brainer for the Washington for Washington, unless you know. I feel like there's going to be trades in the top five. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to trade for the number two pick. If 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 you're going to want to if you're going to want to get into that number two spot, you're going to have to give up a king's ransom to to have Washington pass up on Chase Young. So um, I think I think the, I think the pick is Chase Young and. Washington's Washington's going to be happy with their pick. I think you go. I think they go with Chase Young as well. Um, I think they ignore all the draft uh, the draft trade scenarios. Mm-hmm. I just think he's too good to pass up, man. Yeah, you know, same. and 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 it's not like they're they're not dying for a quarterback. You know, they have Dwayne Haskins. They took last mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, you kind of have to. You know, you got to see what you have in Dwayne Haskins. The guy was a first round exactly. pick, so. Um, I think they, I think they end up going with Chase Young. I think they, 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 they book in their defensive line. You're going to have one of the best defensive lines in football with, yeah. uh, with Chase Young and, and, the, and the rest of those guys there. And, um, you know, you, again, you got to see what happens with a guy like Dwayne Haskins. I don't think they take a quarterback. I don't think they trade out of that number two pick. I think, I think no. Chase Young ends up going to, uh, mm-hmm. to the Redskins. Let's move on to pick number three. Our Detroit Lions. You're wearing their hat. Mm-hmm. Are they going to draft you with the third overall pick? Man, I wish. <laughs> I'm past. I'm past my prime, though. Yeah, a little bit. A um, little bit. Um, the pick is in for the Detroit Lions, and if they don't move out of this pick, I I believe that they're going to be taking Jeffrey Okuda. I think Okuda's the pick. Um, I think outside of outside of the quarterbacks that are that are there. Okuda is the next prospect up that has the biggest ceiling. I was debating back and forth between him and Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is is just a freak athlete. Doesn't like we we touched about it a few times. You don't really know what position the guy's going to play in the NFL. Um, he could be one of those guys that's going to struggle to find uh, a fit. Um, but I, I feel like Okuda is going to be the going to be the pick here if the Lions are unable to move back. I mean. I would love for them to move back and, and accumulate some draft picks because we have a lot of needs. 
Um, I could see a situation where they were Miami or, or the Chargers jump in. Um, there was a couple scenarios that, that had the Chargers trading up uh, to number three and giving us, uh, giving us some, a, a few picks, um, six and their second round, um, a third round next year, and Desmond King, I want to say it was, mm-hmm. the, the corner that they have. Um, 25-year-old corner, all pro two years ago. Um, I think at six, you'd still have a shot at Okuda, uh, depending on what the Giants do. Um, Cause you know, Miami is going to take a quarterback at five. So the, it, it makes sense for them. It makes too much sense for the Lions to, to try to trade back. I think their best case scenario, if they don't take Tua, which I, which I've, I've been, I've been a Tua guy since day one. I think they should take yeah. the third pick. Um, that looks more and more like a pipe dream at this point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I probably don't have a choice, but to look past that. Yeah. And that's best case scenario is for them to trade out. Um, mm-hmm. if they, if they trade out and they, you know, they trade with, let's say the Chargers or the, the, the Dolphins or the Jags or the Panthers or any of these teams that are looking for a quarterback, they can still get Jeff Okoda at five, six, seven, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I'd be happy with that. Um, I still think that they take Okuda third overall and I'm not a fan of that just because I don't think the value is there for a cornerback at three. Yeah. So I still think one way or another they're going to end up with Okuda. I'm not a fan of them taking Okuda if they don't trade back. If they take him just flat out take him at three, I think it's a bad pick. Um, I do think that he can come in and step in right away and, 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 and be a productive player. But is he the game changer, the, the transcendent player that you take that high in the draft? Uh, is he a franchise-altering player? No, I, I, don't, I don't think he is. Is is he Deion Sanders? No. Is he is he Jalen Ramsey? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I think if you take a guy that high, he better damn well be that good. Exactly. Um, that's a, that's the ceiling. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's the expectation. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think if you're if you're if you're going to shy away from taking a quarterback uh, or Tua specifically, um, you know, that's you may end up taking either him or Isaiah Simmons. I think. I think naturally, I think Okuda's a better fit. But again, if you can get him at five or six and accumulate other picks, I think that's the best move. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to end up making a move. So if they just flat out take him to three, like I said, I don't think it's a great pick. But I think they end up with. I think they end up with Okuda one way or another. Yeah. Um, let's move on to number four. Uh, you just mentioned it, New York Giants. They've got the fourth overall pick in the draft. What do you see them doing there? With the fourth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, I have the Giants taking Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson. Um, Giants have needs all over the defensive side of the ball, and why not take you know a player that you can plug and play at pretty much any position on uh, on the defense? Um, just makes sense for them. It's he's he's the best player on the board for them. Um, I can't see them taking a quarterback after taking Daniel Jones. Um, even though there was, there was rumors of, um, new head coach, uh, having meetings with Herbert and whatnot. Um, I think it's just smoke and mirrors. I think they're going to take the best defensive player available on the board. See, I have them going offense. I have them taking Tristan Wirfs. I think I have them going offensive line and I, I think it's important for them to focus on the strengths of their offense, right? Daniel Jones, you got to keep him upright, keep him healthy. Saquon Barkley had a, a good 
sophomore season, obviously not as electrifying, I think, as his rookie year. Obviously, you know, he was a little banged up. So I think you've got to give your two most important players every opportunity to be successful. And Tristan Wurst is a guy that come in, you plug him in right away, day one starter, bookend. Um, and he's a guy that can help that offensive line tremendously and more importantly help Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I wouldn't be surprised they took Isaiah Simmons because to your point, they've got a lot of needs defensively and he, he checks a lot of boxes. But if, if, I'm, if I'm building that team, I need to be able to protect Daniel Jones and create opportunities for Saquon Barkley. And I think Tristan Wirfs is going to be able to do that for both players. So I think they go off an offensive line. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out as a Simmons. Um, let's move on to number five, Miami Dolphins. I know there's been a lot of buzz there. Um, what do you see them doing with the fifth pick? A lot of buzz. With all the rumors swirling about Tua, um, you know, not being as healthy as people think he's going to be with the amount of surgeries that he's had and so on and so forth. Um, I see the Dolphins playing it safe and taking Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon. Wow. I like it. I like it. It's, uh, I, he's moved up a lot of people's draft boards, had a fantastic combine. Um, he's, checked, he's checked some boxes. The guy's big. He's athletic. He's got an arm. I mean, I, I, think, I think he's the safe pick for the Dolphins. See, I still think they go to a – I don't know why. I just yeah. – I, I, get, I get the feeling they're going to go to a um, – I really don't have a rhyme or reason for it. I know there's been a lot of rumors floating around that Justin Herbert's been flying up draft boards. Um, I just look at a guy like Tua, and had he not gotten hurt, he would have been the number one overall pick in this draft. Yes. You know, tank for Tua. You know, you had, you had mm-hmm. teams last year, Miami included, that were, that were tanking for Tua. Um, and – Obviously, he has the hip injury, right? He's got, he's got the injury history. But everybody that, that you've, that, that's talked about Tua from a medical standpoint has cleared him. Doctors have cleared him. He's fully healthy. Uh, you look at it from that standpoint. If he's fully healthy, he's a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. Everybody in this draft. And, and, and everybody else in the draft. He's a better quarterback yeah, than Joe Burrow. He's a better quarterback than, than, uh, than Justin Herbert. He's a better quarterback than Jordan Love. All these guys. So I look at it from, from that perspective, and I think Miami is going to make the decision to take Tua. If I were them, I would take Tua over anybody in this draft. That, like Obviously, Joe Burrow is not going to be available at this point, but assuming Burrow goes number one, which I think we, we both think is going to happen, Tua is going to be the best quarterback available based on yeah. my calculations, and I think Miami would be better served going with Tua. So I think they still go Tua. That's what I would do if I were in this position. Um, let's move on to number six, L.A. Chargers. They moved on from Phillip Rivers after 100 years of service with him. They're in need of a quarterback. Uh, what do you see them doing with the number six pick? The pick is in. With the sixth pick, in this year's 2020 NFL Draft, I have the Los Angeles Chargers with their new badass unis. Did you see those? Yeah, I like those. Fire. Yeah, I like them a lot. I like them a lot. Um, I see them taking Tua. Uh, okay. I, 
I think this one makes the most sense because I, I think I'm have a, I have a feeling that the whole Cam Newton thing is going to unfold soon. And I think the Chargers are going to go in on, on Cam, maybe on a one-year deal, sit to a, um, have him have him sit behind Cam, bring him in for one year. It, it, it makes it makes sense, um, especially if Tua's on the board. Um, they have to they have to take a quarterback for the future. I agree with you. I think it ends up being Justin Herbert. Um, Herbert's been linked to the Chargers almost since day one, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's right now because of Tua. Even though he's one hundred percent healthy, I don't I don't know if you put him. I don't know if you unleash him as a day one no. starter the way that you would a guy like Burrow or a guy like Justin Herbert. Um, so I think they end up going with Justin Herbert. Again, I think it makes the most sense as a West Coast kid. He plays an Oregon specific guy. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I buy into the Cam Newton hype because I don't really think Cam Newton's been linked to the Chargers in any capacity. Additionally, I'm not sure if Cam is the kind of guy that would take a one year prove it deal. You know, you see all these videos on his social media, him working out, him getting stronger, him getting into football shape. I think he's looking for a longer-term deal because I think he still thinks himself thinks of himself as being an elite quarterback, which he very well could be. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if if the Chargers look at him in the same in the same way. So I think they end up going with Herbert, and I think they make him the day one starter right off the bat. Um, I think I think Cam I think Cam has to get out of that mindset because nobody's been able nobody's been able to bring him in for a visit. Mm-hmm. They they're they're not seeing his workouts in person. Um, hasn't taken any physicals, so I, I think he's going to have no choice but to sign a prove it deal um, to a team and to prove that he's healthy. And what better situation to to go to than 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 the Chargers? Um, Chargers. Chargers have some have some players there uh, with a healthy Cam. I mean, you're talking about a play. You're talking about a potential playoff team, easily. Sure. sure. You know. I mean, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. Again, I, yeah. I I don't I don't know if I don't know if he's the best fit there. I I think they just go with Herbert and just just toss him in from day one. Yeah. Either that, or they go with another bridge quarterback that that isn't Cam. You know, you can get him on a one year. You get somebody else on a one year deal. I don't know who that could be off the top of my head, yeah. but I still think Herbert's the pick. Uh, let's move on to number seven, Cam's former team. Nice segue mm-hmm. there. Carolina Panthers, they've got the seventh pick in the draft. Who do you think they go with? The pick is in. With the seventh pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers select Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Big, huge, hole-plugging defensive tackle. That is a large um, human being. Very large human being. Got him listed at around 330, which probably means he's closer to 350. Um, big dude. Didn't have the greatest combine. You know, before the combine, they were talking about him being a top three, top five pick. Um, really, really was un, un, unimpressed with his combine. Um, but regardless, Carolina needs defensive line help. Um, they need to stop the run. And this one makes the most sense for them. I agree. I think they take Derek Brown with the seventh pick. Um, I thought about them taking Isaiah Simmons here, um, but I think Derrick Brown's a better fit because of their defensive line needs. And yeah. uh, again, he's a he's a plug in he's a plug and play guy. Day one, mm-hmm. and, and then plug that defensive line up. So 
I think you and I are in agreement. I think Derek Brown's a pick at number seven. Moving on to number eight, Arizona Cardinals. What do we have going there with the eighth overall pick? The pick is in. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals select Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle out of Iowa. Um, need, to, need to protect Kyler Murray. Offensive tackle is the move here. Um, Wirfs is a big dude, long arm, um, quick feet. He's got, he's got everything um, to be a top 10 pick, plug-and-play guy. Um, not a sexy pick for the Cardinals, but they need it. See, I also have them going offensive line. Um, I had Tristan Wirfs going fourth to the Giants. So I have them taking Jedrick Wills, offensive lineman from Alabama. Um, again, I think that you and I are in agreement. You've got to protect Kyler Murray. You've got to give him every opportunity to stay healthy in their place. Yeah. Um, and I think you take the next best offensive lineman on the board, and I think that's Jedrick Wills. So that's a no-brainer there. Moving on to number nine, Jacksonville Jaguars with the ninth overall pick. What do you Pick see doing there? Jags need offensive help. Um, I mean, outside of Leonard Fournette, I don't know who their skill position players are. Um, I have them taking Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Bama. Okay. Yep. Um, makes the most sense for them. Get some skill players. If they're, gonna, if they're really going to go in on, um, you know, Minshew Mania, they need to get them some weapons. Um, saw that report earlier this week that, said that Fournette could be on the block. So I don't know what direction that team is going, but they need some offensive help. And Jerry Judy checks the box for them. I think this is where Isaiah Simmons comes off the board. And I know it seems crazy for Simmons to go ninth in this draft, considering he could go as high as three. Um, But, you know, when you look at the way that, like, my draft was designed, you've got teams that – desperately need offensive line help to protect their franchise quarterbacks. Then you have two teams that need franchise quarterbacks. I look at a team like Jacksonville that's lost so much on the defensive side of the ball over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Boye, you've got Jalen Ramsey, you've got Calais Campbell, you've got all these guys that, 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 that have been, uh, that have departed from Jacksonville. And although I agree with you about them getting Gardner Minshew some help, I think they're going to look at a guy like Isaiah Simmons as their next defensive anchor that's just too good to pass up in the draft. So I don't see him slipping outside of the top 10. Um, so I, th- I think Isaiah Simmons is the pick at nine. I don't know if he's going to slip to nine, let alone you know outside of the top 10. But um, I think if he's there, I think Jacksonville would be crazy to pass up on him. So I, I think Isaiah Simmons ended up going nine to, uh, to Jacksonville. Uh, moving on to number 10, Cleveland Browns. Team, I had, a lot, I had a lot of high hopes for this team, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and they let me down. Um, the pick is they, in. They got the 10th pick in the draft. The Browns select Makai Becton. Hope I said that right. Offensive tackle out of Louisville. Um, gaping hole at left tackle for them. I know they signed Conklin in the offseason. Conklin's more of a right tackle fit. Um, this, the, this pick makes sense. They have playmakers everywhere on offense, but they need to keep Baker Mayfield upright and limit this guy's mistakes, his fumbles, his picks. Um, you go into the season with Becton and Conklin as your tackles, there's, there, there's, no, there's, there's no excuse for, for, for Baker and the Browns uh, this upcoming season. 
I agree with the Beckton pick. I've got Beckton going 10 to the Browns as well. Yeah. Do you know that he's 6'7", 364, 364 yeah. and ran up 5'140"? Yeah. yeah, he's a massive human being that, that is, has wheels. That is nuts. His 40, yeah. time, his, his 40 performance was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think you hit it right on the head. I think Cleveland needs a lot of help on the offensive line. They, they address yeah. it to some extent with Jack Conklin. Um, I think they bookend that with a guy like Makai Beckton. You give Baker Mayfield the opportunity to stay healthy, make plays, use his athleticism to get out of the pocket, extend plays, get the ball to his playmakers, um, continue to run the ball effectively with Nick Chubb. Side note on the Browns, though, do you see them getting rid of Odell Beckham? What do you think's going to happen with Beckham? Man, there was a rumor floating around that he could be going to Minnesota. Man, what do you what do you think there? I don't know. Um, uh, would I be surprised? No, mm-hmm. um, just because. Just, just his Odell's history, just not fitting in in, in a locker room. Um, I don't know when this. I don't know when this guy's gonna get it together. Um, he's such a talent, and for for there to be rumors like this all the time about him, you know, teams moving on from him, it, it's 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 sad. You know, um, it's like wait, it's like wasting talent. Yeah, it really is. You know? I mean, I hope he gets his act together because I think he could do really big things with um, yeah, man. Cleveland. We got a lot of firepower, and he's a big part of that. Um, but, you know, with the rumors floating around, it wouldn't surprise me that, uh, that, that he got dealt. Let's move mm. into uh, the 11th pick in the draft. Got the Jets. They need, they Jets. need a lot of help all over the place. What do you see them they doing? Really, they really do. Pick is in. I got the Jets taking Jedrick Wills, Jr., offensive tackle out of Bama. Um, like you said, they have many holes. Um, this is their chance to fill a big hole that they have on the offensive line. Uh, keep Darnold upright, um, you know, for the future. I think you've got to get Darnold some help, and that means weapons on the outside. I think they. I think you start to see the wide receivers get taken off the board a little bit. I think the pick is C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb's the first wide receiver taken off the board, and I think he goes 11 to the Jets. I think he's got. All of them, you know, he's got all the all the strengths you need in a, in a, in a number one wide receiver: size, speed, strength, route running skills, footwork, hands, the whole thing. I think he's an absolute stud, uh, and I think you need all the weapons in the world for a guy like Sam Donald to be successful. I think C.D. Lamb is the pick at eleven. Um, number twelve, Raiders going into Vegas, new stadium, all that stuff. Where do you see them going? Oh, pick is in, Norm. Oh, um, all right, pick is in. <laughs> Raiders are going. C.J. Henderson, quarterback okay. out of Florida, um, could use some defensive help, especially in the secondary. Had one of the worst pass defenses last year. Um, I think uh, I think Henderson is going to be the second cornerback off the board, um, and he's going to be a Raider. See, I think again, I think I think the wide receivers are going to start to fly off off the board. I think I think the Raiders need help offensively as well, just as bad defensively, and. Mm-hmm. The Raiders have historically been a team that has been enamored with height, weight, speed guys, right? Just workout warriors, guys that are blazing fast, guys that kill the combine, things like that. And I look at a guy like Henry Ruggs that is ridiculously fast. He can take the top off of the defense. He's an, he's an awesome weapon, um, you know, made a ton of big plays at Alabama. Uh, I think he ends up going 12th to the Raiders. I think you get Derek Carr some help. I think you get some offensive weapons. Realistically, 
they they picked up Antonio Brown with the intention of having him being their number one receiver. And when mm-hmm. he left, he had a gaping hole at wide receiver. You know what I mean? And, and now you have the ability to draft a potential franchise wide receiver. And I think Henry Ruggs is a guy that, that checks a lot of boxes for them. And historically, because of the type of guys they've drafted in the past, I, I think Henry Ruggs definitely fits the bill for them uh, at 12. Uh, moving on to number 13, NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. They acquired this pick from Indianapolis Via trade for uh, for DeForest Buckner. So uh, mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know how or why the reigning NFC champions are uh, picking in the top half of the first round, that's why. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you see them going with the 13th pick at? All right. Uh, Niners lost Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I mean, outside of Debo Samuel, um, they don't really have any anybody else to step in at that wide receiver position outside, you know, to take some pressure off of George Kittle. Um, I feel like CeeDee Lamb is the pick here. It's kind of a luxury pick. You know, I know they got rid of DeForest Buckner, but, you know, you know, NFC champions shouldn't be drafting at 13. Um, right. Why not take the best player available, CeeDee Lamb? Um, give that give Garoppolo another weapon on offense. Offense could look really scary with that running game. And you're talking about Debo Samuel, CeeDee Lamb, George Kittle. Niners could be right back where they were last year. So I agree with you. Um, I think Jerry Judy's the pick, considering CeeDee Lamb and Henry Ruggs are off the board. I think they, st- I think they do need some offensive help. Um, their defense is still pretty, pretty well stacked, uh, mm-hmm. even with them losing to Forrest Buckner. Um, so I think from that standpoint, if you've got to get Garoppolo some help, I think Jerry Judy's the pick. I think he, you know, coming into the draft, he was, he was without a doubt the number one wide receiver on a lot of people's boards. Um, not to say that he slipped dramatically, but I think CeeDee Lamb and Henry Ruggs have definitely shortened, um, shortened the gap. Um, with that said, I think Jerry Judy's a great fit in San Francisco. He checks all the boxes. He can run a lot of different routes. Um, he can kind of, he kind of reminds me of Emmanuel Sanders in a sense. He's yeah. really versatile. He's strong. He's, you know, he's, he's got some speed. He's got really good footwork. So I think Judy's a really good, uh, really good pick for the Niners and, and um, he can help them offensively. Moving on to pick 14, Tampa Bay Bucks. He's made a ton of moves. Mm-hmm. That's what, what do they do there? The pick is in and Tampa Bay is going to do more to help Tom Brady. Um, why not? Why not help him by keeping him upright? Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, Georgia. I'm in the same I like, boat. I like I'm it. Same boat. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to keep Brady upright. Um, Andrew Thomas is a big, you know, big guy. You can we can plug him right in. Um, made a lot of big plays at Georgia. Six five, three fifteen, big dude. Um, and I think for for Tampa, you've got to do everything you can to keep. Brady as healthy as possible and put him in the best position to make plays and get the ball downfield to a lot of these playmakers. So I'm, I'm definitely with you there. Moving on to number 15, Denver Broncos. Struggled the last couple of years. Uh, they, they need help in a lot of different areas. Where do you see them going with the 15th pick? With the 15th pick? I've got to get my, gotta get my buzz in. Come on, man. You need the buzz. There you go. Take the buzz. All right. With the 15th pick, I have them selecting Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU. Um, Denver needs some help offensively. Um, I know there's been rumors of them trying to trade up. Um, obviously we're not doing trades in our mock, but, um, I feel like they're going to take a wide receiver and, and Justin Jefferson is the pick here. 
I, I like the Justin Jefferson pick as well. I actually have him going 15th with Denver uh, also. Um, you know, whoever, whoever the quarterback is going to be, whether it's Drew Locke or whether it's, you know, somebody else that they, they decide to go with, you're going to yeah. need weapons there. Um, and, and with Cortland Sutton and, and Deshaun Hamilton, you know, you need a guy that can, um, you know, that can really be a, a, a number one. And I think Jeff, Justin Jefferson for them is going to really fit the bill. So I like that. I like that for them as well. Uh, yeah. Moving down to number 16, Atlanta Falcons. Um, where do you see them going with the 16th pick? Number 16 is in. With the 16th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, I have the Falcons selecting, I hope I say this right, Kilavan Chison, often uh, outside linebacker LSU. Um, Close enough. Yeah, they lost, uh, they lost quite a few players on defense this, this offseason. Um, especially at the linebacker position, mm-hmm. um, this one this one fits a bill for them. Solid player. Um, I see them going best best available defense, and and Chasen is is the player there for them. See, I like C.J. Henderson uh, at that at that pick. Obviously, they lost Desmond Trufant to the Lions, so they're mm-hmm. going to need some cornerback help. And I think if C.J. Henderson is still on the board, I think they go with uh, with Henderson to, uh, to to fill that void. Uh, yeah. Moving on to number 17, Dallas Cowboys, a team that's had a lot of activity in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Um, still don't have their quarterback signed. Where do you no. see them going with the 17th overall pick? Um, I see them. Oh, pick is in. I see the Dallas Cowboys taking Xavier McKinney, safety out of Bama. Um, guy's a player. I mean, Bama is an NFL factory uh, when it comes to defensive defensive studs in the NFL. Um, you know, their Cowboys have been rumored to been you know trying to trade for Jamal Adams, just trying to get a safety in. Um, I think I think I think safety is the pick here for them, and I think McKinney's a plug and play guy on and on that defense. Uh, I agree that they need defensive help. I see them going with Javon Kinlaw, defensive lineman. Um, you know, I think that they, they're going to need to put pressure on a lot of these quarterbacks that play in the division, Carson Wentz, Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones. Um, you know, and I think they're really loaded at, at every other position, you know, on their defense. And, you know, I think for a lot of teams these days, the best success is going to come from rushing the quarterback. And I think Dallas, over the last couple of years, has built a really, really strong defense. And I think they're going to add to that with a guy like Ken Law to come in and, and, uh, and rush the passer. Number 18, familiar face, Miami Dolphins, second first-round pick that they have in this mm-hmm. year's draft. Where do you see them Yeah, via Pittsburgh. Yep. That's a, that's a Minka Fitzpatrick uh, uh-huh. deal. Yep. Pick is in. With the 18th pick, um, I have them taking who you just mentioned, Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. Um, makes sense for Miami. They, they have holes everywhere. Um, start filling them in on defense, and I think Kinlaw is a, a big, big, uh, big guy that 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 they can kind of like plug and play on that defensive line. They need help. Miami needs help everywhere. I mean, I know they signed a few guys in free agency, but they need to get young. They need to get young on that defensive line. So I think the way that what I like to do is like if they're if you're going to take a quarterback in the first round, which would, again with me I think they're they're going to take Tua. Um, you got to get him some help. You, know, you mm-hmm. got to get them weapons. And for me, I think they, they are going to look at a guy like LaVisca Chenault Jr., the wide receiver out of Colorado. 
speedster, okay. 5'8", 212, burner, you know, to look and get the ball downfield with the best of them. I think you need to get to us some help on the offensive side of the ball. And I think if you end up taking a quarterback with, with the fifth pick, you got to get them some help, you know, uh, later on in that draft. So I think they address the wide receiver position because they don't really have a ton of playmakers on that on that side of the ball. So I mm-hmm. think they go with the wide receiver. I think they take, uh, I think they take Chanel Junior from, uh, from Colorado. But I, I could easily see them taking somebody on the defensive side because, again, they do need some help, especially with the yeah. Mika Fitzpatrick. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. But I, I think if, if you're going to if you're going to put Tua in the best position to win, you've got to get him some help early on. And I think uh, adjusting the wide receiver spot later on in the first round is going to be the way to do it. Um, moving on to number 19, Raiders. They got a first round pick, 19th overall yeah. pick. Where do you see them going? It's the 19th pick. This one's gonna. This one's a. Uh, what do you What do you say? Like a uh, a little draft shocker, stunner. Okay. You know, um, I have the Raiders going. Jordan Love. Whoa. Quarterback, Utah State. Um, wow. Yeah, there's been there's been talks that, you know, Raiders. Ra- I know Raiders brought in Mariota. Um, there's still talks that that Carr is not not the guy for. Uh, for Gruden, um, why not? Why not bring in a guy like Jordan Love, have him sit a year, and see see what you got. You're gonna have three three good quarterbacks in your roster. I feel like I feel like Carl get moved at some point. Um, maybe this, maybe you know, before the deadline this year. Uh, who knows? He could get moved on draft day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I feel like the Raiders are gonna move on from Derek Carr at some point, and they're they're. They've accumulated some draft picks via trades, and they have an opportunity to, you know, select a franchise quarterback. Why not do it now? See, I don't know if they move on from Derek Carr. I, I, I like Derek inc- Carr. I do too, and I get yeah. the inclination that that John Gruden likes him too. And I don't know if they're going to make that drastic of a move going into a new stadium. You know, they want to be competitive and moving to Vegas. I don't know if they want to make that drastic of a move going into a new stadium. Um, you know, they're going to need to be as competitive as possible. So I think they're going to stick with Derek Carr, at least for this year. Um, I think they need some defensive help. So I know you had, um, Kalevon Chase on being taken earlier in your mock. I have him going 19th to the Raiders. Um, I think they need some linebacker help. I think he, you know, he's a great leader on and off the field, makes good decisions. He can be an anchor for their defense for years to come. Um, and I think for, for them to, again, go into a new stadium, you need, you need a sure thing, um, you know, on, uh, with a high draft pick like that. And I think, I think Chase Sun's going to really um, give them that. So I think Chase Sun's going to be the pick for them uh, at 19. We're in the 20s, coming home We're to the, the home stretch. Yep. Jacksonville Jaguars, another team that's got a second first-round pick this year. What do you see mm-hmm. them going with the 20th pick? Via Rams. Pick is in. With the 20th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, I have the Jags taking Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma. Um, Jags need – I don't know what the Jags are doing. Um, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're trading everybody. It, it looks like it's going to be a complete rebuild. Um, not a lot of those familiar faces on defense are, are there anymore. Um, they're talking about trading, um, God, I, I can never pronounce his name. Um, the, yeah, Yannick. Yeah. So I, I feel like they're going to, they're going to take a defensive player here. Um, and, uh, I like, I like this one. I like him a lot. 
he's he's vers he's versatile he's versatile can play any linebacker position um athlete and a tackling machine dude I like uh, I like T Higgins with this pick, man. Uh, they, okay. they, you know, you had him you had him taking a wide receiver early on in this uh, in this draft. I think mm -hmm. that uh, I think they, they definitely need some help offensively. T Higgins is a guy 6'4", 216, playmaker out of Clemson, checks a lot of the boxes. You know, you're, you're gonna you're gonna need to give uh, Gardner Minshew some help. So get him a big receiver that can make a lot of plays. I think he's a guy that can uh, that can really come in and and, and and do some damage. Number twenty one, yeah. Eagles. What do you see? Eagles are Eagles are on. And the pick is in. That's quick. Uh, Philly. Philly's been rumored to be in the wide receiver market. Mm -hmm. um, I see them. I see them going wide receiver here. Um, I like Henry Ruggs the third wide receiver out of Bama for them. Okay. I had I, like I had him going a little higher. Um, yeah. I also have them taking a wide receiver. I have them taking Jalen Rieger from TCU. Okay. Um, you know, I think they're going to be a, a pretty decent amount of receivers being taken in this draft. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think the most pressing need for Philadelphia is a wide receiver. You know, they had a yeah. ton of injuries at the wide receiver spot. They lost Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Alshon Jeffries getting up there in age. Zach Ertz is getting up there in age. Um, you know, you, you need a guy that can, that can go out there and make plays. And, um, and I think a guy like uh, Jalen Luger is going to be able to do that for them. Number 22, Minnesota Vikings. They had some changes in the offseason. Obviously, they got rid of stuff on bigs and a bunch of guys on defense. Where do you see them going with the, uh, with the 22nd pick? All right. Uh, the 22nd pick Minnesota received from Buffalo in the Stephon Diggs trade. I have them taking Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver out of Arizona State. Um, did you know that he's only six foot, right? Um, but he's got an 81 inch wingspan, which is only, so they're, so they're which, drafting a pterodactyl. Exactly. He's only an inch behind Calvin Johnson and Calvin, Calvin was Johnson six, was five, six five. five. You know what I mean? So, um, the guy's an athlete and Minnesota's looking to replace Stefan Diggs, get another player to play alongside Thielen. Um, this is a perfect spot for them. They have another, they have another pick, a couple more picks later at 25, mm -hmm. um, I think I think it's going to be a good. He's going to be a good compliment to uh, Thielen. See, I think Jalen Johnson is going to be the pick for Minnesota. They they lost Xavier Rhodes and need some help defensively. I agree with you that wide receiver and they lost Trey Waynes and they lost Trey Waynes. Um, I think that filling that cornerback spot is going to be a more pressing need. They can address that other uh, you know the other needs later on in the draft, but I think the most pressing need is going to be um, cornerback, and I think Jalen uh, Jalen Johnson is going to be able to come in and. You can really plug and play him. Right? You know, he's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a real, real high-end talent, and uh, I think that's going to be a good pick for them at 22. Number 23, New England Patriots. They got a lot New of needs, England. man. They got a they lot, of, a needs lot there. of there. They, had a, they have a lot of needs. The pick is in. New England's not really known to have, you know, to draft the sexy picks or offensive players in the first round. Um, I have them taking Zach Bond, outside linebacker out of Wisconsin. Um, I know their defense was a strength last year. Um, it's going to be really tough to predict what, what Belichick is going to do, you know, moving forward. Um, but Bond was a good player last year at 12 and a half sacks. Um, Patriots lost Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, and Landon Roberts in free agency. So this one, this one's a, a kind of a glaring need outside of, you know, obviously the quarterback position. Um, don't see them taking a quarterback here. 
Um, I think Bond's going to be the pick. I actually see them taking quarterback. Yeah? I see them go. I, I, think, I think Jordan loves the pick. Okay. I think they go Jordan Love. Um, I, I think I think Belichick's going to deviate a little bit from what he's done in the past just because of what's happened with Brady. You know, and I mm-hmm. think the I think the advantage that New England has had in these last, you know, handful of years is that they can rely on Brady to mask some of the deficiencies that they have. You know what I mean? Like they it's rare that they have a bunch of offensive talent, right? They've always got it. They've always got a good defense. Um, I think this is going to be the year that Belichick looks and says, well, you know what? Maybe this is a year that I, that I, that I invest a high draft pick in a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is as good as a year, uh, as good a year to, uh, as ever to do it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I know Jordan Love has gotten comparisons to Pat Mahomes. Obviously, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen there, but he's a super athletic guy, cannon arm, smart kid. You know, he could be the next franchise quarterback. And, and I think I, I think that, that's a good opportunity for New England to really kind of set the table and, and kind of reset the deck in a sense. Yeah. Um, continue to rely on their defense and build around a guy like Jordan Love. Just kind of see what you have in him. But I, I think Jordan Love is going to be the pick there at 23. That's, that's, that's my inclination. Yeah. Um, moving on to 24, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Brees is coming back. And mm-hmm. – uh, what do you see them doing there at number 24? And the pick is in. At 24, I have the New Orleans Saints taking A.J. Terrell, cornerback uh, out of Clemson. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It was hard for me to pick this one um, just because they're stacked. Saints are stacked almost everywhere. Um, and – this one is is uh, he ran a he ran a four four two, um, one of the top rated corners in this draft. Um, it's a, it's an he's definitely an upgrade um, at the cornerback position for them to play alongside. Uh, what's his face? Got always forget his name. Lattimore. Yeah, um, I think they address the defense. I think they go with Patrick Queen, linebacker from uh, LSU. I think okay. he fits a lot of what they're trying to do. You know, they, 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 they need a guy that can go back and forth, you know, sideline to sideline. Um, and, you know, it just adds to their defense overall. You know, they've got a ton of offensive weapons. Um, you know, obviously, I thought that they were going to go wide receiver in the first round, but obviously they, they, they signed Emmanuel Sanders, so you kind of had that taken care of there. I think they addressed the defense. I think Pat Queen is going to be the pick uh, at 24. That shorts up their linebacking court for New Orleans. Number 25. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of this first round, we got the Minnesota Vikings. Another pick in the first round. What do you think they go there? Uh, the Vikings. I have them taking Jalen Johnson. I know you had him going off the board earlier. Cornerback mm-hmm. uh, out of Utah. Um, like you said, um, they lost. They lost uh, Xavier Rose, Trey Waynes. This one makes sense for them to fill a fill a huge need that they have at corner. Um, Jalen Johnson, stud, plug and play guy. I have them going to Tier Gross Matos. Um, D line from Penn State. Again, they lost. Uh, they lost Everson Griffin. Um, you know, they addressed the the loss of Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes uh, early on in the draft with them taking Jalen Johnson. I think they need some defensive line help. I think Gus Matos is going to be able to, to come and, and fill that void for them at twenty five. Um, twenty six. Miami Dolphins. Here we go again. Miami Dolphins. Um, I have them taking a familiar name. 
uh, but throwing a junior on the end of it. Antoine Winfield, junior, safety out of Minnesota. Yeah. Um, son, son of former uh, defensive back for the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, think, uh, I think Miami, like you said uh, earlier, they lost uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. This is the last of their first-round picks. Um, this, one, this one's uh, – they need, they need a guy in the, on the back end of that defense. And I think Winfield's the guy, the guy to fill that hole. I think this is where the first running back in the draft will go. Wow. Again, going back to my point earlier, if you're going to invest in Tua or if you're going to invest in any quarterback, you've got to get him weapons. Saw him taking a wide receiver uh, with their second first-round pick. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be the pick here. Okay. Jonathan Taylor is a three-down back. He's a mm-hmm. horse. He is super athletic, super strong. He can make all the plays. He's a guy that can take some pressure off your quarterback. He'll instantly be the best running back on that team. And mm-hmm. um, easily. Again, I think you give you, you just you have a lot of offensive weapons, a lot of fresh faces, a lot of a lot of young talent. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be the pick at 26 for the Dolphins. And you you come away with a number one receiver potentially, stud running back, and a franchise altering uh, quarterback. I you could you could easily see Miami winning this draft in the first round with these three picks. For sure. Easily. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think if I were them, I, w- I would definitely go with Jonathan Taylor at the back end of the first round. Uh, let's close it out. Um, getting closer to the end of the first round, number 27, Seattle Seahawks. Where do you see them going there? Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, I have them taking a guy in our backyard, uh, Cesar Ruiz. Offensive okay. lineman, guard, center. Um, Seattle's uh, been a run-first team. Um, and uh, they need an upgrade. They need an upgrade on at guard. Um, many many have Ruiz as the top ranked interior lineman in this draft, um, but he's athletic to play either the center or guard spot. So um, good value here for for the Seahawks. I like Ross Blacklock, um, defensive lineman from TCU. You know they're going to lose Jadavion Clowney. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're they're going to come to the deal. Um, so you're going to need a replacement for him. And I think Blacklock stepping in. Um, you know, and really taking over the Davion Clowney role. I think they kind of pick up right where they leave off uh, and they, they, they continue to shore up that defensive line. So I think Blacklock's going to be the pick to replace Clowney. Number 28, Baltimore Ravens. Bounced Baltimore. out of the playoffs a little earlier than we thought, but uh, they've got the 28th overall pick in the draft. Where do you see them going? You know, initially I had them taking defensive line, um, but then I remembered that they, you know, acquired Calais Campbell, they signed Derek Wolf. Um, they, they still haven't replaced C.J. Mosley. Um, so right now I have Patrick Queen, inside linebacker for LSU. Okay. Fills a need, um, upgrades, upgrades that, that linebacking core. Um, he's a run-and-hit linebacker, kind of you know, a leader guy on that, on that LSU defense. Um, fits the mold for a, for, a hardball, for a hardball team. So I've got them going with Zach Bond. So you and I are in the same boat. It's just I had uh, I had him going a little earlier in the draft, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go Zach Bond, uh, linebacker from Wisconsin. I think, again, he can step right in and, and be a day one starter to replace C.J. Mosley, which I think they've had an issue doing over the last couple of years. So I like a, I like a linebacker position for, for them. Uh, number 29, Tennessee Titans. Almost got to the Super Bowl. Almost, man. Um <laughs> You mentioned this guy earlier, uh, Gross, Mat- Gross Mat- Matos, defensive end out of Penn State. 
Um, they added Vic Beasley Jr. on a one-year deal in free agency, um, but I think they they still need um, they still need somebody to to look at you know to get younger on that defensive on that defensive line, especially at the end position. Um, he can he can play either the outside linebacker or defensive end. The guys uh, he can he's very versatile, very versatile player for them. I think Vrabel will know what to do with him. Yeah, I, I think they address their defense. I think it's more of a cornerback uh, um, pick, though. I, I like Jeff Gladney, man. I like him. I like him from uh, uh, where did he go? He went to TCU. Um, you know, you saw them get cooked, and that's <laughs> against KC in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Um, and I, I think them, along with really every team in the league, could use cornerback depth. They're pretty good. They're a really good defense, um, and and for them to have some to, to have cornerback depth. Uh, they can play a little bit more nickel. Um, they can cover a lot of these wide receivers that they play in the AFC. I think Gladney's going to be the pick in the first round for yeah. uh, for the Titans. Number 30, um, Green Bay Packers, our divisional foe. Where do you see them mm-hmm. going in the first round? Oh, we haven't had a, a time. Sorry, pick is in. Uh, Packers, I think this one's very obvious here. Um, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, in the back end of his career – and when, when quarterbacks usually get on the back end of the career, you got to help them out offensively. Um, T. Higgins, wide receiver out of Clemson. Um, they really need a number two opposite of Devontae Adams, and it's been showing the past two years for them. Um, I know they added Devin Funchess, um, but Higgins, I think Higgins, 6'3", big target, um, could be a nice complement to Devontae Adams and adding a piece for Aaron Rodgers in that offense. I think wide receiver is going to be the pick. I had T. Higgins going 20th to Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, I still think they address the, the, the wide receiver position. I think they go with K.J. Hamler, uh, wide receiver from Penn State. Mm-hmm. Again, they're looking for a number two, man. That number two receiver position has been a revolving door, um, and I think, they, I think they definitely know that. Um, they're not typically a team that's going to go out and make moves with free agency. That's just typically what they, they, they haven't done that over the, over the course yeah. of the last, you know, re- really as long as I can remember. Um, so I, I think for them, I think their biggest need right now is a number two receiver o- opposite of Devontae Adams. And they need offensive playmakers because they, they also lost Jimmy Grant. So I mm-hmm. think Hamler is going to be the pick. I think they need an opposite, uh, a wide receiver opposite of um, Devontae. Uh, number 31, 31. NFC champion. San Francisco 49ers, this is their second pick yep. in the first round. Where do you see them going? Mm-hmm. Pick is in. Uh, San Francisco lost some players on, the, on, the, on defense, um, particularly on the defensive line. And I feel like Ross Blacklock is the pick here, defensive tackle out of, out of TCU. Uh, you had him going – did you have him going somewhere? Yeah, I had, him, uh, I had him going early in the first round to oh, yeah. Seattle. I had him going to Seattle, Seattle. pick. Yep. Um, no, played a lot of nose tackle, uh, can rush the passer, um, fits right in you know, with, with the Niners. I think they go defensive line. I think they're going to take A.J. Epinesa, um, the defensive okay. lineman from uh, Iowa. I think in terms of edge rushers, I think he's, he's the second best edge rusher outside of mm. Chase Young. Um, yeah. And I think with them losing DeForest Buckner, he's going to need some help on the defensive line. I think Epidies is going to be the pick at 31 for the Niners. Um, rounding out our one, round one mock, the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, 32nd overall pick. What say you, Patches? 
With the 32nd pick, the final selection here in the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft, I have the Kansas City Chiefs taking DeAndre Swift, Whoa. running back out of Georgia. All right. Um, this is my first running back off the board. I know he's not the top-rated running back um, in, this, in this year's uh, draft, but I feel like he fits Andy Reid's offense more than, you know, Taylor or J.K. Dobbins. Um, you, you, you can see him being utilized in the passing game a lot more. He's, he's more of a, a pass-catching running back. Um, and uh, he could break off, he's, you know, he could break off big chunks on the ground, screen plays, things like that. Um, I think Swift fits fits in that Chiefs offense really good. I think with I think with Kansas City offensively, they're they're about as good as it gets. You know, mm-hmm. and even even at the running back position with a guy like Damian Williams, he's proven to be really really good for them. Defensively, they were a little inconsistent. Obviously, they came on pretty strongly at the at, at the end of the season, especially yeah. you know, in the playoffs. I think they address the cornerback position. I think they go Trevon Diggs, uh, cornerback from Alabama. Um, you know, he's big, 6'1", about 205. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's a guy that can really, you know, he's, he's a physical guy. He's, he's got some speed. They go up against a lot of fast wide receivers in the AFC. He's got a lot of, a lot of big time receivers in the AFC West that, um, that they go up against. Uh, I think Trevon Diggs is going to be the pick for KC. I think they sure up that secondary for, um, for the Chiefs. Yeah. There you have it, guys. First show back in a few weeks. That's our round one mock. Um, we're going to be back next week with a draft recap. Recap. And uh, we're going to go over episodes three and four of The Last Dance. And mm-hmm. uh, any other news that pops up over the next few days, we will definitely address it. We want to thank you guys for, uh, for, for sticking with us. We, uh, we hope you guys are staying safe. We hope you guys are washing your hands, wearing gloves, wearing masks. Practicing social distancing. Social distancing, yeah. Um, we, uh, we will see you guys next week. And uh, thanks for joining us on the Front Runners Podcast. Peace out. Hell of a show, man. Yes. Great show. Good to be oh, back, great. man. Hell I'll yeah. see you next Peace. week, buddy. Peace, bud.